Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody, welcome to the Barca Bloodgrounders podcast. My name is Josh. We are joined by our buddy, Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? Doing great this morning. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, listen, I'm just going to be up front with you listeners. Uh, there's not like really any actual news to talk about. Um, there's like a couple of signings that we'll get to that we can't even register yet. Uh, but there's not really any solid news to go on. Um, so this is mostly just a speculative transfer, you know, transfer podcast. That's kind of all we got. Um, I asked you this right before we started recording. Uh, if there actually had been legs to Cristiano Ronaldo coming to Barcelona, let's say he just like, for some reason, he just really wanted to stick it to Real Madrid. And he was like, I'll come play for X number of wages that's actually affordable. I kind of want to stick it to Messi too. I think it'd be hilarious. Just because, just because Cristiano just felt like being a turd. Uh, how would Barcelona fans react to that? Would there be a mutiny? I think so, just because it would be so confusing when you consider what's gone on in the last year at the club and why they got rid of Messi and Griezmann and all these other big players because of their wages. And not to mention the fact that, you know, the reason that uh, I think you just have a lot of issues with Ronaldo fitting in with any group there's no doubt he would get you a lot of goals. He even showed last year at Manchester United, he even got big goals and big moments. But with someone like Xavi, you can't build a system around Ronaldo. Um, and it became really hard to build a system around Messi too. So for so many different reasons, it wouldn't make any sense. Uh, honestly, the perfect fit for Ronaldo is still Manchester United. I would be surprised if in the end he actually left because there's just not so many suitors out there. Yeah, like I saw like he was interested in Byron. Like, again, we we reached the point of like pure summer madness at this point. Like when I saw things to was, talk about, yeah, like <laughs> that there were actual like quote unquote reports in the soccer world is so um, 
I don't know. There's like Fabrizio reporting and then there's like random Marsa article that's like loosely sourced from like an Italian blogger. And it's like, there's, there's different levels of reporting. Uh, and the Ronaldo to uh, Barcelona stuff was ridiculous from the get-go. And of course it was confirmed by um, actual, I think you I think you even said Laporta said something about it, but it was actually, there, there were no legs to this. Um, let's talk about yeah. something there are legs to. Uh, we have some like almost good news and that Gavi is like, apparently the contract renewal is now pretty much in the bag. We're just waiting for him to turn 18. Uh, there were some reports this morning uh, from Fabrizio and then someone else, I cannot remember who, but someone else reliable uh, that it was never in doubt. Uh, were we silly to think that Gavi wasn't going to renew? No, I think anything is possible. If he was asking for whatever wages he, he wanted in a huge contract, it's possible that Barcelona, if they're staying within a certain limit, whether it's 10 million euros or whatever lines that they've drawn, that they would have a hard line on it. They, that You might get a mutiny from the fan base if that happened. If Barcelona wasn't able to was playing hardball with him too much. It's easier with a player like Dembele, who's sort of divisive to begin with. But Gavi is one of the few players right now who is, who's universally loved. So they just have to find a way to do it. And it's a, it's a good sign that, you know, he's he wants to contract. He wants, he knows how in demand he is. He's going to be a big part of the Spanish national team. So Barcelona's going to have to pay for that. Uh, but sounds like a compromise is being reached. And I would be surprised at this point if things went in a different direction. Uh, I'm just honestly just going to go rapid fire with all these. Um, so Umtiti is apparently actually close to a loan this time. Um, my question isn't so much like business or whatnot, but like there was a time when I thought that he was going to helm the Barcelona mm -hmm. <laughs> defense for the next decade. What happened to him at Barcelona? Uh, so it's just injuries, especially knee injuries. Some players can come back from it, but a lot of them can't, especially someone like Umtiti, who on the one hand, he really is a smart player. He's a good player, great awareness, makes good decisions on the field, good with his feet, can pass the ball really well, but he's also just a beast. He was fast and he was strong. And for like one or two years, it just seemed clear that this guy is going to be one of the best defenders in Europe because for one or two years, he really was. But uh, it's just like the case of someone who is a kind of a, a shell of themselves, or at least when you are that elite and you lose your pace and you lose your strength and your ability to dominate, on the field physically, uh, you don't come back from that. And but who knows? We haven't seen him play for a long time. So maybe he'll go to a, a new team, a smaller team, get lots of playing time. And if he can stay healthy, maybe we'll uh maybe he'll enjoy his football again and he might be, you know, a good defender again. But uh, I just I have a heart. he's not even that old. That's the thing. He's he's still he's in the prime of his career right now. But uh based on what we saw, you just watch him play and you're like, he's kind of struggling just to get around the field. Uh, but we haven't seen him play in a long time. So it's good for Barcelona and good for him to see him uh, just take on a new challenge. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, some actual signings. So Barcelona legitimately signed some players. We, we think it's legitimate. We think they're actually going to get paid. Um, Andres Christensen and Frank Kessie are officially Barcelona players. Uh, just let's let's hit Kessie first uh the president as he was of course known at AC Milan which uh I have mixed feelings about that as a nickname but I like it because it comes from a weird story um mm -hmm. what is he going to bring to Barcelona assuming they can actually get him registered I think he's gonna have a big role I would be really surprised if he didn't come in here and have a huge role especially if Frankie leaves and the more you learn about him because I think a lot of us don't watch the Syria in and out 
uh, you know, because we're just La Liga people. But you think, okay, he looks like he could be a defensive midfielder. Uh, but the more you learn about him, he seems like he's, especially if Frankie leaves, Frank is a replacement for Frankie, like like for like almost. They're both, not, not necessarily how it's supposed to be. Like Frankie was never supposed to play this role at Barcelona, but the role that he has been playing is the role that um, Frank has been playing at AC Milan, box to box, very dynamic. And everyone's making the comparisons to Yaya Toure right now. And then you watch his highlights and you learn more about him. And you do see this big physical player who's very agile. And yeah, he's strong on the ball, but he's also very technical. So I think he has a great skill set. And if he's on that level, I mean, it's hard to put anyone in the level of Yaya Toure because he was such a brilliant player, um, especially at Manchester City. Uh, but if he is, if he's up to the challenge and he comes in and is motivated, uh, you know, we talk about Bernardo Silva being a replacement for Frankie if he leaves, which seems more and more likely. But I think that Frank is, and it would be, uh, I would expect him to get um, inserted right into the lineup uh, to compete with Gavi for those minutes. Gosh, Yaya Torre at City during his prime was so much fun to watch. It was such a unique player. And like every time I was like, like physically, it just didn't make sense in my head. Like what I was watching, he would just elude everybody. And I just, it never made sense. But he was, he was fantastic. It's totally unstoppable. I remember watching him and feeling like, of all the things I loved about Pep Guardiola, why couldn't he find a way to get Gaia Ture a bigger role in his system? I know. Um, let's talk about uh, Frankie de Jong. Uh, this is one of the, I hesitate to say stranger stories uh, in my time of covering is a strong word, in my, in my time about discussing things about Barcelona. But like the more that gets reported about this situation, the more confused I am and the more I'm left just like, what, like, what do you make sense of this? It's not like he's a 35-year-old aging dude. Like he's, he's one of the best midfielders in the world and they're asking him to take a pay cut or leave. I, I just, I, it boggles my mind. Yeah, on, on the one hand, I, I see it in two ways. On the one hand, I do not agree with it. So I'll just start with this. I really do think he is as good as everyone says he is. And I think he could just hit a point in his career now where kind of like Kevin De Bruyne was, he wasn't a late bloomer, but he's good. He's, he's, he was always pretty elite. But, you know, he, Frankie could take off right now and into the best years of his career. And even when he's not at his best, he's still really good. But why this is happening, on the one hand, you have to say, for some reason, is it Chabi who says Frankie's very good, but he's someone that can be replaced or someone who's not indispensable to my system. So maybe Chabi has something to do with it. And I just, the evidence there is the way that he was taken out of games in very strange situations and moments last year. And he would leave other players on the field that you were like, I'm not sure why Frankie's being taken off. And he had a really great game. Uh, at least that was for me. There are moments where I was like, I think I'm rating Frankie differently than Chavi is. Um, and the other thing could just have to do with a sign that there's really something even worse going on with their finances that we don't quite understand. And it might be super precarious and they're just desperate to get his wages off, even if it means that, you know, they're going to take the fee that they get from him from Manchester United. And then for some reason, turn around and give all that money back to Man City for Bernardo Silva. If Silva comes and takes a huge, uh, you know, cut to his wages, then maybe Barcelona will do it. But beyond those two things, I don't understand it. So I think it must have something to do with Xavi liking Frankie, but not loving Frankie for whatever reason, and giving the club the green light to explore options 
for a sale. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot here. I'm going to try to find this online. So like we, we, we talk about all this, this salary stuff, uh, but then they just signed Andres Christensen and Frank Kessie. So I'm a little confused and I, I'm trying to find the exact wages of these two guys and I, I can't at the moment. Um, do you happen to know off the top of your head, like, are they getting paid? Like, are, are, did they take some sort of discount to come to Barcelona? Like, I'm assuming not. Well, maybe they weren't on super high wages to begin with where they were. I mean, what, you know, it's so funny, like, like we're Americans. And when you talk about American sports and the wages that American athletes are on from basketball to football to even baseball, it is so bizarre to me to, to think about like, there's so much money in European football, but why we're talking like six to 8 million a year for the most elite like athletes is a big deal. Um, so I do believe that they must be around the six to $8 million range because that's kind of the range where Barcelona is trying to keep everybody in. Nobody's going really above 10. Yeah. Uh, and maybe if Frankie's like 2022 or wherever he's, he was at last year. No, that that's exactly over- right. So he's owed a total of, I think 88 million over the next four, four years. years. So, so yeah. 22. Have, but then half. Okay. Yeah. So if you can put 88 down to like 30 or 40 for Frank Cassier, Okay, that makes a lot of sense, but there just isn't a whole lot of transparency. Because on the one hand, then you're going to say, we're going to go buy Rafinha. That's the strange one. Or Bernardo Silva. And maybe, yeah, you do save money in wages over the long term, so that puts you in a healthier spot. Uh, but I just don't think this is sustainable because you're seeing other clubs spend money and give wages to players. And if Barca refuses to do that, how much longer is this going to last before players are like, why, do, why would you want to play for Barcelona? It's just kind of a ridiculous situation, the way they negotiate contracts. And it's like, Here's the thing. If you want to sell Frankie because you literally can't afford his wages, that's fine. The fact that it gets leaked or the fact that they, because of course his camp is going to leak this. The fact that they ask him to take a pay cut is just crazy to me. Like maybe that's not ridiculous. Maybe other clubs do it. I don't know. Either way, when other clubs do it, it doesn't get leaked like this. But you don't ask Mm -hmm. your most, probably first or second most valuable player to, hey, you know that contract we agreed to like not that long ago let's cut it in half uh or we're gonna sell you and part of me is kind of like i wonder i mean frankie could theoretically just call their bluff and go to court right like he could i don't know why he would want to do that i guess maybe if you really don't want to go to manchester united which i don't know if i blame him all that much but they just they they make themselves look so stupid yeah and it's not like the sick a little pay cut there it's drastic if you're asking someone to go 50 percent Okay, that might have been a crazy contract that he got in the first place. And apparently there's a trigger that he's going to get paid even more progressively over the next four years, however long the contract is. So, but it's like, okay, so let's just re, like fix part of the, of the contract. But when you're saying 40 to 50%, at some point players are going to be like, I really got to look out for my self-interest. And we can be romantic as we want to be about like the beauty of playing for this club. And nobody doubts that Frankie really loves being in Barcelona. You could, you could say that about some other players, but at the same time, so you can't say he doesn't love being here. He's not giving everything for the club, but to be like 40%, like at some point you just stand your ground because you have to represent your interests in addition to what you're doing for the club. And it does, to me, it seems crazy. I can see why it's happening, but I think everyone can read between the lines and say Barcelona still is in a really bad place. 
And by the way, we can pivot to Lewandowski because now there's a, apparently like rumors going around that Bayern are not playing ball with uh, Barcelona because they don't want to take these payments and in installments because they're like, You're, this club's in such bad shape. You might not be around in three or four years. So I can't take 10 million for the next four years. Because what if you uh, can't pay me that? Because you want to know what's hilarious of like the seven or eight things I had on my rundown, Lewandowski actually wasn't one of them because in my head, like he's, it's a fairy tale. He's not coming like Byron. Like you said, even if they trusted Barcelona, right? Like even if Barcelona were going to pay it all up front, uh, but they were only willing to go to a certain number, like they weren't going to meet the valuation. Byron, like Lewandowski has to play this year. Like he's not going to sit out if Byron keep him. Like that's just not, he's at the point in his career. He's not 22, you know? So <laughs> it seemed like a fairy tale before. And now, like you said, the reporting is like, they don't want to do this whole installment thing with Barcelona, which I don't blame them. Uh, something that I kind of thought was somewhat of a done deal like a month ago, I would be, I would put the, you know, like a 5% chance of this, of Lewandowski actually coming to Barcelona. I, I think so too, first and foremost, because Bayern really need him. He's not going to be easily replaced next season. They really need him. So when they're saying like, we're not going to sell him for 50 more than, for less than 50 million right now, you know, everything all at once, it's because they need him and they have him under contract. And what Barcelona does understand because they like to do a lot of like spreading the gossip through the media, like, oh, the player really wants to come here. How could Bayern do this? If Lewandowski wants to come, you have to let him come. And Bayern's like, no, like we have to, we have him under contract. For us, it's in our best interest to keep him for another year. Maybe behind the scenes, they'll find a way to make him happy and give him a little bit more money on our short-term extension. But they're going to stand their ground unless Barca really overpays and you can't overpay if you're Barcelona because everything else that we're seeing is that the finances come first. And yeah, he's a, he'll be a productive player next season. But let him be a productive player next season. And these days, like he could be Ibrahimovic going into his middle to late 30s, and you can sign him on a free next summer. So I agree with you. It seems very unlikely uh, that Byron's going to let him go for cheap and then Barcelona need to ask themselves, is it really worth it? And I, I truly believe that it's not paying over 50 million for him. Yeah, and then I don't even know what the wages were rumored for him. Um, maybe he would be fine, you know, taking six to eight million. Uh, but if I had the choice between Lewandowski plus, you know, one other player uh, or Frankie, I'm just going to take Frankie because we already have him and we don't have to pay a 50 million transfer. Fee. Maybe that's a dumb way to think about it. But anyways, let's talk about uh, Bernardo Silva. Uh, another 5% chance of actually coming. Apparently he told his agent he wants a Barcelona move. Is there any worse team right now? Like when your players, you know, your player sends you a text, like, Hey, can we talk real quick on the phone? You're like, crap. Like if, if <laughs> is there any worse team that you hear come out of your player's mouth? than I want to move to Barcelona <laughs> because the agent knows like I'm screwed. What am I going to do here? Barcelona are playing, paying nickels and dimes for everything right now. And my players like, I would like to go there. Yeah. Uh, it's a good point. Barcelona is a place where players want to come. The reputation is still strong. If there's anything that we've learned, players want to find a way of coming here. But when it comes to the business, it's really hard to make these things happen. Um, Manchester City is another club that they're really not stupid. They're not going to give up their best players unless, you know, it comes at a really high price. Bernardo Silva, 
was one of the best players in the Premier League last year. You know, extremely impressive player coming in. He's in very good form. Uh, but, you know, the year before that, years before that, he was a he was a good player, a really good like just system player for Guardiola, who's versatile, could play in different positions. But if you're going to pay more for him than you're getting for Frankie de Jong off of one really good season, it's a high risk for, for a team like Barcelona right now. I think he would be a good player at the right price, but I don't think he's going to come at the right price and he can push for it all he wants. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see how the summer unwinds because you know, the way that Juan Laporta goes about his business, is he going to go for a splashy signing just because he thinks it's going to make the fan base happy? Or is he going to do what he did last summer and make some really unpopular decisions and really try to steer the ship in a way that's stable? Um, and maybe he just makes a lot of noise in the media because that's who he is. He's just kind of a loud guy who is kind of a little bit flamboyant. Uh, but in the end, whether he makes those signings or if he's going to just try to be as smart as he can be, it'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I would really hope to redivert that attention back to the defense. And uh, even if we get rid of Frankie because it's absolutely necessary, I think the better investment is on a, a fullback or a center defender who are in shorter supply, harder to get, but I think it's going to improve the uh, ability for Barcelona to win games next year the most. Um, you, I'm glad you kind of started talking about priorities. Uh, you wrote a piece for the site, Are Barcelona's Transfer Priorities in Order? Uh, Laporta can't afford to get this summer wrong. Kind of recap what you talked about and what you think the priorities are. I think that's it. In, in the media, you think the priorities are all on um, getting some, Lewandowski, priority number one. So you can say that his first priority seems to be Lewandowski. But you signed Aubameyang, who was very productive. So first and foremost, I don't understand why a center forward right now is the number one priority. He's Lewandowski, so it's clear that that's a big name, and it would look like a just a, a flex, a really big signing. And then after that, it's about probably getting a winger to replace Dembélé because you've burned so many bridges. And maybe like Frankie Dion, Dembélé doesn't want to take a forty percent hit on his on his salary, and neither does Frankie. So then the question is, now you have to go out and spend a lot of money to replace him, and that's where all of the attention is. It's still on the forwards, and the forwards are honestly. Of course, you're going to want to strengthen that a little bit, but I think it's the least of our concerns. I think the midfield is certainly the least of our concerns. So all the talk about Frankie is also, unless there's more about the finances we don't understand, which I'm sure there is, it's strange to me that that's where all the attention is. Um, meanwhile, Danny Alves left. So the fullback situation is really like Sergio Dest and Jordi Alba, really. Those are the two options. I mean, both solid fullbacks to have at a time when there's not a lot of backup option options, but you couldn't like give Danny Alves a minimum contract to come back and give us some depth. So they must be thinking that Espilicueta or Alonso will come in, but I would like to see a lot more talk on those fullbacks to the extent it's possible to strengthen there and Jules Kounde or Koulibaly get one of those two done. And then I think they're in a good place, but I will say to give a little bit of credit on the priority front, getting Frank Cassier and Christensen, on free transfers, I think that is very good business. And I think that is a good start to the summer that they deserve credit for. Yeah, there you go. Give them a little bit of credit. Um, yeah. Let's just talk. So uh, I didn't send you this because I kind of wanted you to uh, go off the, just off the top of your head. And so I was curious because I was trying to think of it myself. Who are your favorite, you can't say Messi. Who are your two favorite Barcelona players of the last like decade-ish? 
Could I go back two decades since given my age, I, I got, I got, sure, I got two not? good decades under my belt. Of, I would say, sure. Um, 1998 was probably when I, I first started watching Barcelona as closely as I could. And the player that changed everything for me was Ronaldinho. I think everyone says this. I mean, especially people around my age, because he was so, so magical and he made watching Barcelona fun again. And he made them really a great team that was able to win a champions league. And for the second time in history, that's huge. And go toe to toe with Real Madrid again. And then after that, Danny Alves. Danny Alves. I love the fullbacks. And to me, he's such a he's such a special player, especially in the prime. I think Danny Alves and Messi. He made Messi. If anybody made Messi better, and maybe this is kind of a true hot take, but I don't think it is. I think having Danny Alves on the field made Messi the player he was in a lot of ways. No, I like that. All right. Before we go, uh, we have to get the update on uh, Nick FC. So how's the club doing? I think you guys are, from what I remember, you guys are getting close to like playoff time. So just, uh, we haven't chatted in like about three or four weeks. Give me the recap. Yeah. uh, So the regular season is over, ended at the end of June. Our goal was always to finish in the top four in our table because then we make the playoffs. We finished third in the end, which was great. Um, So we're going to be in our, our, Final four playoff in July, uh, playing, there's, you know, it's a very good bracket, very strong teams. We have some time to get ready for it, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, at the end of the day, we, we won a lot of close games. You know, I don't think we, we dominated to get to the top of our table, but it goes to show that if you have a good structure and a good system and everyone's organized for the most part, you're able to win games that you really shouldn't win because your performances weren't the best. And that makes the difference between being at the top of the table and the bottom of the table winning those close games, even when you don't deserve it. I think there's a lesson in there for Barcelona too. Having the, uh, you know, the spine to really see games out, even when you're not playing at your best and get all three points. I like it. So what format does the playoffs look like? It's just a semifinal and a final. And then there's like a third place shield game. So uh, it should be good. The first team, it's it's a very good team, very possession-based. We wouldn't see much of the ball. I know there's another team that's just really big and physical. And for us, I don't think we're either one of those two things. We're just trying to be as organized as we can be. And uh, I wouldn't want to say like counterattack and kind of sit back a little bit because that's not exactly how we do it. But we have to be smart. And it'll be interesting to see after a long season um, if we can put everything together and uh, make a run. I'm feeling pretty good about it. It's been a lot of fun. Nice. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, so the playoffs are taking place probably what over the next like two weeks. We got two weeks off to do some training and a couple of friendly games, oh, and nice. then at the end of July, we just. I'm from Minnesota, and over here it is. We push everything back into the summer because the winters last so long. So yeah, season goes through July. Nice. Okay. Cool. So the next time we chat, we'll probably be like right around the uh, the playoff time, and hopefully we're not having to you know, talk about getting the players up for a third place game. That's a morale booster because n- nobody likes the third place. All, game. I, all um, I say is put in a good performance and let the chips fall where they may. Like it, these are good teams we are going to play, but you got to show up, have some intensity and put in a good performance and then give yourself a chance to win. So hopefully I'll be sitting with it. Wait, so, okay. So you have two weeks off. Are you like, are you like watching game film? No, we don't have any film or anything like that. 
but we do have training sessions. Yeah. I did schedule a couple of friendly games. You're like emailing the parents of the other teams. You're like, hey, did you guys record any of the matches for me? Uh, yeah, I mean, these are kids. So at the end of the day, I am like emailing the parents like, come on, we, we can't really train well if you're going to summer camp instead of going to soccer practice in July. We, we need you <laughs> on the field. Otherwise, we're kind of limited to what we can practice tactically. So those are the emails that I send. Just let's have some good practices because it's kind of it's an accomplishment. Truthfully, just making the playoffs, we've accomplished a goal. But, yeah. Oh my gosh! Like post games, we would have won the game if Donald hadn't gone to Panama City last week <laughs> with his parents. No, but we we know you wouldn't do that. All right, uh, Nick, thank you for joining us. Uh, good luck in the playoffs if we don't talk to you before then, and we'll chat again soon. All right, thanks very much. Oh.